Welcome to Retail Intel. As a consumer in today's wellness and service-focused environment, you may have heard of Amazing Lash, Elements Massage, or Fitness Together. But have you heard of WellBiz Brands? Today, we're talking with the Vice President of Real Estate for the powerhouse called WellBiz behind these three well-known concepts. Grant Gittinger has been in the real estate industry for over 15 years. And in today's episode, we're exploring the changing nature of retail real estate, the growth of WellBiz Brands, and what we're most looking forward to in 2021. Okay, so we as landlords and your franchisees know so much about WellBiz, but I feel like WellBiz as a name is not really well known either, you know, to the public or the regular consumer. So can you tell us a little bit about WellBiz as a company? Sure. So WellBiz Brands is a portfolio of companies. So we're what you call a support center uh, approach. And so we have people at each one of the brands that we support right? Its own staff, its own business unit leader. But WellBiz Brands is a group of professionals that can provide assistance and share insights across brands um, where there's a synergistic approach or or something that can be leveraged. Um, And it enables us to be more nimble when we're looking at brands to acquire as well. Um, You know, we acquired Amazing Lash Studio, I want to say about two years ago, a year and a half ago. And, uh, and one of the appeals from the selling side was the fact that they were going to have support more so than just what you would expect from a single unit brand. You know, we have people across companies, people that get to see things in different markets. And as it pertains to real estate, it gives us a big leg up. It helps us understand what were the winning and losing factors of, of, of different strategies um, across company. And it helps us to correct those and to make sure that we enter markets in the best way we can. So what banners do you have currently? Sure. So we have Amazing Lash Studios, which is the category leader over 250 units coast to coast. Uh, They offer private one-on-one service. Um, We have a fully dedicated innovation team. We have a really neat app um, and also something you can do on the computer, uh, Lash Simulator. So you can upload a photo and figure out what kind of lashes you want. Have you done it? I have not. Friends of mine (laughs) have. Uh, sometimes when you go to the, the big conference every year, um, you'll get, um, you'll get wrangled into putting <laughs> on, but I haven't been so lucky yet. Um, and then Elements Massage, also about 250 locations coast to coast. Um, the brand is uh, private therapeutic massage. Uh, it's a very focused business versus other retail brands, which sometimes might do a slew of other services. Um, we stick exclusively to the therapeutic massage space. Um, it's an easier appeal oftentimes to property owners too, because we don't have a very, very broad use clause or exclusive clause. And so three then, different banners all across kind of personal services. Yep. The last one's fitness together. It's a private one-on-one personal training. Um, it's really customized to each client and their desired outcome. You know, for, for many of our clients, it's a way to avoid a cluttered gym um, with perhaps the you and I's there. Pumping iron and, you know, doing our thing, um, a little more of an exclusive private experience um, shaped to whatever it is that they desire. Are gyms open there in Colorado yet? On a highly restrictive basis, but mm-hmm. yeah, we have we have our lifetime fitnesses open. Okay. Uh, we have smaller fitness open as well. Um, really the only state we've seen challenges with is still California. California. Yeah, but you know, I've got some good insights. I mean, we're we're ninety three percent open as of today uh, across awesome. all brands, and almost every one of the, the stores that isn't open is in California. Um, 
traffic is 80% um, across the brands. And we don't think the, the, the difference to 100% pre-COVID is necessarily demand. We think it's because of occupancy. Um, okay. We're seeing positive trends closer and closer right, to, to 90 and then 100. Um, you know, memberships passed 80% now, I think, from, from pre-COVID. We're expecting it to be 90% next month. I know that, uh, I think Fitness Together has almost 90% of what was services pre-COVID because so many of our clients have taken to online training, which mm-hmm. we think coming out of this is going to be a real benefit because they're also going to be able to come in-store to the same degree that they were prior and now supplement those with online uh, classes. Very cool. Yeah. So how long have you been with WellBiz? A little over a year. And prior okay. to that, I consulted the WellBiz for a year. Oh, interesting. of Amazing Lash. Yeah, it was, okay. um, you know, all, all consulting uh, assignments. Never meant to be a job until you get an offer. Sure. What was your experience prior in the industry? So... I've been in the business 16 years. Um, I started with a developer. Uh, I was a real estate broker, um, did urban high street retail leasing and some some very fun projects internationally from an agency leasing side, so the landlord representation. Um, I've worked for a retailer. Um, I've obviously been a consultant to companies like WellBiz um, and a few private equity buyers of retail brands. Uh, and now I work for a portfolio of retail companies. You're telling me you started in retail real estate when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My wife is an esthetician, so I like to think that, you know, I, I keep it real young. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, <laughs> well, that's impressive. So you were with Smashburger before, weren't you? Uh-huh, yeah. I was okay. with Smashburger. I, I started my career at a company called uh, Chesapeake Realty up in Seattle. And then I moved to Cushman and Wakefield. Um, and then at the time, I, I went over to an affiliate of theirs, which I don't believe is an affiliate anymore, Bomb Realty Group out of Chicago, which then brought me to Smashburger. Um, and then um, Smashburger brought me to the consulting side of my life when I started Artisan Advisors. And, um, and Artisan brought me to WellBiz Brands. Love it. Okay. So um, what, are, what are the expansion plans now? Or I guess, what are the expansion plans prior to COVID and now that we're here in September? Sure. So um, we just went through this earlier today, at least for this year. Um, we're working on next year right now, but we're, we're expecting to open at least 30 stores this year. You know, that's, that's a little less than half of what we thought. I, it is great. I think we're a little surprised um, in a good way. A lot of those weren't necessarily just everything that was signed and and ready to go pre-COVID. We've been getting some deals done through COVID. Um, We've had some success and uh, I think it's very encouraging. You know, if you you look at this year, right, we're franchise grown. And so there's store, there's different licenses or or rights per a franchise agreement to open X number of stores. We haven't seen them go away. We've seen a lot of our pipeline from this year really shift to next year. And we looked at first quarter for next year, by example, and, and as of now, we're tracking 20 store opens um, in Q1. And oh, if you wow. think about that, I mean, 30 just in this year, 20 just in Q1. If we could keep that cadence up, it'd be, it'd be outstanding. Sure. Um, we're not really sure what that cadence is going to look like, though. But we are encouraged that we're going to have a good number of unit openings first quarter. Um, and we're hoping to carry some momentum beyond that. Um, Absolutely. So from our past discussions, it sounds like Amazing Lash might be the growth vehicle 
for well yeah. for well biz is that true yeah amazing lash will probably open we were we were expecting amazing lash to open over 40 units this year mm-hmm. um i think it was 45 and of the units we're opening this year there'll be almost i think 20 of them um, and then 10 between elements and fitness together. But okay. I'll say the brand that I think is surprising all of us right now, both with franchise sales interest and performance post COVID is elements massage. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I can tell you, I don't know if I should admit it or not, but I went to get a massage the week that they opened here in Atlanta, the parlors. Um, and it was worth it. And I felt very safe too. I don't know how you all are adapting to the safety precautions, but everyone was in full gear and they required all of the customers to come in with, you know, masks, hand sanitizers, temperatures taken. Um, and it's just you and the masseuse like one-on-one in the room. So nothing about it felt dangerous. If anything, I was like, can I just take the mask off because a, mas- a massage is supposed to be relaxing. But um, at the same time, it was really nice to finally have some tiny degree of normalcy back in, I don't know, June. That's good. I mean, what you look at Amazing Lash, by example, when you're talking about that, that private experience, you know, our, our other big competitors in that space have, and I don't want to say this for everybody, but two of the bigger competitors have an open floor plan. And I'm sure that's even more difficult with social distancing. You know, oh, absolutely. Our model is private room service. Um, and again, you, you think about you know, demand. We think demand is there from what was pre-COVID. The challenge is um, trying to make sure that we can professionally and safe, both, both from, a, from a professional standpoint and a safety standpoint, service what we can based on certain mandates of, of how we operate and how many people we can put through the store. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're confident that as, as we get through this, as regulations ease, uh, we're going to be where we were before. I, we're, we've, we've already talked to the board about how I think we're outshining the expectations that, that we had thought earlier this year it might be right now. And All so right. it's nice to see that performance. I will tell you from my conversations with other national groups, it does sound like the outlook is a lot more positive now than it was in you know March or April. So this is good news. And you know, with Amazing Lash, it's all about your eyes right now, anyway. With the wind <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so it's a good thing you don't do like uh, lip injections or something. <laughs> I'm sure those are still important to many people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's funny. I actually did read an article, I think, on Refinery29 two or three days ago about how it's all about the eyes this year. (laughs) So you're in a well-positioned place from that perspective, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So with your growth, you know, it sounds like you guys have good growth, all things considered, this year, and then a strong lineup for next year. So how are you choosing your real estate, the best real estate for each of your concepts? So that's a tough question to answer. I mean, I, you know, our growth is sometimes driven more based on where we have current units or markets nearby, right? Because it is franchise driven. I want to share a few things that we do here at WellBiz. So, so we have a GIS platform between our franchise sales and our real estate team. And we have spent hours um, with brokers on the ground, operators in markets and our corporate team. Um, to be able to come up with a strategy that 
you know, from the, the moment our, our team gets a perspective call on a franchisee, they know that they've got a map with trade areas. And those trade areas have rankings. And franchise sales knows where real estate, ideally, from a trade area standpoint, wants to position, right? Because when you think about real estate growth, think about sales, basically, uh, your, your, your top line is really more made up of your trade area. That's first and foremost, right? The trade area defines the top line potential. The real estate you select is is the ability for you to capture those dollars. So the better quality of real estate, right, in the balance of cost, the better quality of real estate means that you will, you should be able to capture the maximum drive time of potential projected customers in the trade area. So we have focused heavily on trade area strategy to make sure that we're not growing in a market that otherwise doesn't seem to look good for what it is that we believe our customers might look like in a market, right? We have an analytical tool and we use that tool to help us understand where not to go. Okay. Um, from a local broker standpoint, right, we start to drill down a little more micro. Um, I would say we have at least of the top 100 MSAs, if not 150, a real estate broker or multiple brokers, either in the wings waiting for us um, or somebody that's already engaged. Um, we have a broker training program. We've got a toolkit that we've developed to help them visualize milestones and process um, so that there's no questions. We did the same thing with the franchisee to help them understand what to expect through LOI, even how to submit a financial document to a landlord, mm-hmm. um, just to really help make sure that our timelines are tight. Um, you know, Amazing Lash is a great example. We've shaved about 100 days off the timeline to open a store. So we can open a store anywhere between, um, I think it was eight or nine, nine, nine months was the average for uh, last year. Um, from when the franchise agreement gets executed. Wow. Um, You know, we we also have yours and other landlord portfolios in the GIS platform, right? So when we get a prospect, we pick up the phone and see what availability can be in the portfolios that we've done business. It helps us not in conforming deals so much, um, but at least um, call it conforming expectations of what it takes to get the deal done. So when it comes to your actual site, are the size specs different for each of the concepts? And what do you, or do you look for end caps and what sort of shopping centers do you look for? Across all our brands, you could say that we care a lot about daily needs, right? The grocers, your CVSs, other membership-based businesses. We very much desire the Orange Theory Fitnesses, um, the Mods Pizzas of the world, things that we believe have a similar price point model. Um, and even synergistic approach, you know, Amazing Lash, very female focused. Uh, we look for female brands. Um, that's probably our brand you see in more of that quasi lifestyle center than necessarily the others. You know, size wise, they're all just about the same. Elements is more 1,600 to 2,000 square feet. Um, Amazing Lash can be efficient at as low as 1,200 square feet. Um, I would say most operators we see at about that 1,600 square foot mark and then fitness together pretty much the same, anywhere between, you know, 1,300 and 2,000 square feet. From a location standpoint, we certainly desire exposure. We certainly desire end caps. Um, most of, of the spaces I would say that we have, though, are a blend of inline shop space, uh, but that shop space being more present and up on the street. Um, you think about real estate qualities, we, we grade a number of them, but, uh, you know, sticking to the basics, can you see it? Can you get in and out of the property? Does it have some level of co-tenancy that's appealing to our our projected customers in the trade area and what's the access like. So, you know, I, I would say our brands, because they're a little more destination in design, can afford to be in line in a great outpad. 
Um, but certainly if we can afford it and the market justifies it, we'll be in the end cap. So you mentioned that a lot of your concepts are one-on-one individualized, amazing lash, um, elements massage, fitness together, um, has one-on-one training. So how else are you sort of adapting to the conditions of the pandemic? I think the best thing that we've done at a macro level, um, all the brands have been hyper-communicative. Every different department has a toolkit as to how to approach what it is that they are to the consumer. Um, even, you know, real estate and development, marketing, operations especially. Uh, every municipality has different regulations, but you don't necessarily just want to do what the municipality says. You want to do what the brand thinks might be safe in and above and beyond that. And so we, we've had a lot of cross-brand communication. And when I say communication, we're not just supporting the franchisee. We're, we're helping the franchisee make sure they can touch their customer base. And for the most part, we've had a great response from the customer base because we've been very communicative, right? If we have webinars and emails every week, so are the franchisees. You know, different procedures. You, you shared your experience in terms of going in. There is a new normal and we're functioning in that new normal. And we're, we're very pleasantly surprised by where we are with members, where we are with services. And as regulations ease back, we think we're going to be where we were pre-COVID fairly quickly. Fingers crossed, right? I would love some normalcy. Um, How many states are are you in across all brands? Oh, across all brands? Nobody's asked me that. (laughs) I usually am good with one brand. Uh, (laughs) I would say there are very few states we don't at least have a store. Okay. Uh, Maybe that's eight-ish states potentially, or, or even less. Sure. We have a footprint in a, in a lot of different markets. And, and sometimes it's really nice, you know, where we've got, you know, five units in a market or 10 inch units in a market for one brand, we only have one or two for the other and vice versa. And it can really help in terms of our understanding for what market development should look like across the brands. So whenever people ask me this, you know, we have 330 grocery anchored shopping centers. Um, I always just say 30 states. <laughs> I honestly have no idea, but I think it's somewhere around there. And the 330, maybe, I don't know, 315 possibly, <laughs> 336, um, but 330 across 30 states always just kind of rolls off. It's easy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I was leading into... Um, you what's that where we're growing next um well that um and you know as vp of real estate for wellbiz are you traveling a lot or at all right now no we're not traveling right now um i think we've put in place a lot of good mechanisms for virtual support um you know the way we select and train our brokers before we even have a franchisee gives us a bit of a leg up in terms of market development um, but we have a pretty rigorous internal review of sites, um, and we're, we're very involved from the beginning. So we don't just let a broker run with a franchisee and wait around for a real estate committee back. And I think because we started with this process before COVID, it's really helped us. But now we're, we're not traveling as much, and I think we're, we're finding success in the quality of sites that we get. And you mentioned it. So where, where are your hot spots in the country right now, geographically? So I had to write it down. So in the Western markets, Phoenix, Denver, Salt Lake City, Reno, the San Francisco Bay Area, LA, and Orange County. Now we still do have, you know, smaller growth plans in, in other tertiary markets or other markets, but not as significant as, as those in the West. In the central states, um, Sioux Falls, Des Moines, Chicago, Kansas City, Fort Wayne, Columbus, Knoxville, Nashville. We have one or two other smaller markets where we're potentially going to see growth this year. In the South, we've got 
I mean, Texas is big for us. A, a good majority of our our, uh, our portfolio is in Texas. So Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio are always big markets for us. We found some success um, and expect to see more growth in the Rio Grande Valley, um, El Paso. And then from a franchise sales standpoint, I think we've been very surprised. Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama have been very hot. We have a few locations in those markets, and we had some growth in Louisiana last year. We're expecting to see a lot more soon. Um, and then the entire state of Florida. I can't think of, maybe Gainesville doesn't have a growth plan yet, but all the Tri-County down south, Orlando, Tampa, even Jacksonville, the Panhandle, Pensacola. So it's a very strong market. It's a very prime market for growth. And the East Coast, the Carolinas, uh, greater D.C. to Baltimore, Philadelphia, northern New Jersey, the boroughs, which is um, a little new for us. We've seen a lot of, a lot of interest and some deals. Um, we're hoping to uh, sign a lease very shortly in, um, I don't want to say where, but somewhere very exciting. And then all of New England. You just, you just started naming every state in the country, right? No, no, I did not. I did not name a few. Well, we, I mean, we, we're a big growth brand. We have a lot of stores yeah. that get open every year, and we have a lot of franchise store owners throughout the country. Um, it sounds like I do need to send you an updated list, though. Um, you mentioned Florida, and that's our state of highest concentration. Uh, yeah. 54 sites in Florida alone. I made up that number, too. <laughs> we are used to seeing um, your properties, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, you know, revamp that list and send it back over to you. So these 30 minutes have really flown by, but I know you and I in our industry travel a lot. So my final question is, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? And I'm thinking it might have something to do with travel, but you tell me. Yeah, I mean, probably not work travel so much. My sister's up in Calgary. I haven't been able to see her. She's going to have a baby this year. I'm going to have a baby this uh, or my third kid in December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I want to see my mom. She just retired and built a house and moved to Montana. You know, really just get out and about. I'm, I'm a big jujitsu guy, as so many people know, and I didn't get to go to Worlds this year. I didn't get to compete as much as I wanted to. So, you know, traveling a little bit and, 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 and really, I would say trying to get the family on the road trying to get back to normal from a personal standpoint. Um, business travel will always be there. I have no doubt that the ICSC and other trade associations are going to you know, put forth something really great for us to go to. But Absolutely. personally, I want to take more more trips to get the family back to see family. Yeah, I think that's my mine as well. So fingers crossed that can happen ASAP. Um, congratulations on your new addition, though. Number three, you said? Yep, number three. That's very exciting. So well, it's a great time to be able to be home at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've, uh, I don't think there's ever been a better time in my life with my wife or with my kids or knowing how to just produce quality time. There's one more thing I want to say for everybody that listens. For anybody and everybody who has lost a job or that knows somebody that's, that's lost a job, we need to communicate with them. We need to support them. We need to pick up the phone and just say, hi, I've been there. I got laid off once. It's a terrible experience. And there's some really great talent on the sidelines. We might not have jobs, but we can support them. And so I would just really encourage everybody, pick up the phone, be present, and let people know that you care, you're thinking about them, and if you can, introduce them. It was a pleasure to chat with Grant for today's episode of Retail Intel. Huge thank you to both Grant and WellBiz for keeping us in the loop on their growing concepts. Keep tuning in to Retail Intel as we connect with other growing brands to discuss the current dynamic retail environment and emerging trends in the industry.